Welcome to the second episode of the We Are Wrestling Podcast of the Week. Uh, this is Friday Wrestling. Okay. <laughs> there, there was no follow-up. I thought you were going to say something, but okay, cool. I said, I said yeah. <laughs> okay. So I want to start this off by giving a rest in peace to Kitamura. And he was a wrestler in New Japan and he was a young lion and this like was about I think it was like five or six years ago he was a young lion and everybody had so much hope for this guy it was like this dude is awesome he's big he has the presence he has everything and he was in this class with like so many other like great people and like they're all like stars now but he just, for some reason, something happened and they just, like, didn't go, oh, yeah, we're going to push him. And he just, like, disappeared off the face of the earth. And it was just, like, the weirdest fucking thing. It was, like, everybody that watched the Young Lions, it was, like, this guy is going to be the breakout star. Once he goes on the excursion, he's going to come back. He's going to be a breakout star. He just disappeared off the face of the earth. And then, like... He was doing bodybuilding and he was like, okay, cool. He might want to come back. I don't know if it was like the pressure of wrestling had got to him. This was years ago. And we all was just like, okay, maybe he'll come back one day. And we would see him do something. He did some MMA. It was like, okay, maybe he still might come back. Because everybody had so much hope. We looked at him as the guy out of that class of young lions. We were like, that's the guy. That's the one that we know is going to be the star. And he just disappeared. It's just like he left New Japan, just like all of a sudden just disappeared, showed back up in MMA. And then he just like stopped that too. And then we just found out that he's gone. And it's just like, it's one of those things like it hits hard because it's somebody that you like, you like and you wanted to associate with him and you wanted to like cheer for them but they just like disappeared and it was just like it's just weird man it's just weird like to find out that he passed was just like weird it just I don't know it just it just doesn't feel right it just doesn't feel right this guy should have had a shot and he just didn't have anything and he's gone and it's just like it just doesn't feel right and I just wanted to say rest in peace to him in prayers to his family. Yeah. So, we had AEW Rampage with the Rampage trope of the show starts off and everybody's in the ring. I don't get that. It was cool in the beginning, but once in a while, you gotta have an entrance. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's like, like they keep saying, Rampage doesn't feel special. Rampage doesn't feel special. This is why Rampage doesn't feel special. Because you do shit like this. Like, you just like, oh, the guys are in the ring. And the funny part was, like, it was Moxley and Claudio versus Butcher and Blade. And everybody was in the ring as soon as the show started. And it's like, that's why this doesn't feel special. Like, nobody gives a fuck about the show because you don't give a fuck about the show. They do like, what the one of the guys in this match is their current world champion, right? Doug, that's what I mean. Like, nobody yeah. gives a fuck about this show. And it's like, what is this show? It is just like, 
Like, Rampage is just so nothing. Like, it's like dark and elevation on television. And it's like, Doug, there's nothing here. Like, there's no substance, nothing. It's like Dynamite is like, Dynamite will have like the coolest show. And it's like, yeah, Rampage. Rampage is just a bunch of nothing bullshit matches. And you're like, what the fuck do we watch Rampage every week for? Half of it feels like it gets thrown together. Yes, and it just like feels like it feels like some of the dumbest shit in the world. And it's like, y'all want us to care about Rampage and want us to be like, yo, Rampage is dope, Rampage is dope. Make us feel like Rampage is important. Make us feel like it's not just a throwaway show. No matter what happens, we literally just could look at it and go, oh, this person, this person, this person, this person is gonna win. There's no like weird ass, oh, swerve or this or that. It's like, bro, like it's literally all just paint by numbers like mechanical and sometimes that's good but when it's just like you have Butcher and Blade versus Moxley and Claudio it's like who the fuck really thinks Butcher and Blade is gonna beat Claudio and Moxley what the fuck do you mean (laughs) like that's the shit I'm talking about like nobody wants to see this shit that's like oh we already know what's gonna happen and it wasn't like they were gonna do some kind of swerve at the end where they like oh this thing is gonna connect to this thing no, it just was over. It was like, this is why people shit on Rampage. It's like, Dynamite is cool, but then it's like, Rampage is just like, eh. Like, I want him to put effort in the Rampage. Make this shit feel special again. I agree with you. Like, I have my criticisms of Dynamite, but at least a lot of it is cohesive and they have things that go together. Rampage is like, put this here, put that there. Like, makes like a lot of times it makes no sense at all and 90 percent of rampage is like i like you not 90 percent of rampage is we're promoting dynamite yeah none of it is like none of it is like yo this shit is just here because it's great it's like no we're promoting dynamite like everything you do is just like it's going into dynamite you're like well then why is this here exactly it's just so weird man like I i don't know man so, At point, did you just cut the show, you know? Yeah. So after Moxley and Claudio wins, they basically both take turns talking shit about Hangman because the title match is next week. And it's like, okay, yeah, once again, this is something to hype up Dynamite. And then we have Swerve in your glory. And Swerve is talking shit about how he beat Billy Gunn. And Keith Lee is like, yo, you cheated to win. I don't like that you cheated to win. And he was like, you're kind of swerving in the wrong lane. And we all see this swerve is like going heel. Now it's like back to the whole, oh, we're going to split up Keith Lee and swerve. And it's like, why? Like, I mean, I don't have a problem with them beat, like breaking them up. Like, because to be honest, I was one that was totally against them being together in the first place. Exactly. But, like, I have no problem with them breaking them up, but, like, the way they're doing it is, like, they're literally finishing the storyline that happened before they were tagging champions. And it's like, no, they just spent, like, the last six months being, like, best of friends. And, like, we were like, oh, they're going to, oh, they're not turning. Oh, well, they're, they're not turning. And then they just, like, became, like, best friends. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, we're going back to that storyline from back then for no reason. And it's like, why? Like, why? Just, like, but that's an AEW trope, though. Like, look at, like, past storylines they've done. Like, 
they do this, you know? So, like, I'm but used like, to it by now. <laughs> okay, but here's the thing. Mm-hmm. This is what I would have rather enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I would have rather them both turn heels and then you split them up, but not split them up to go against each other. Just split them up and they're both heels and they're doing their own thing separately. I've yeah. been like, oh, I've been like, all right, that's cool. Like, that's not bad. But like, you're going back to like, oh no, we're going back to that same storyline. And then like, it's like, it's long-term storytelling, but it doesn't make sense. Like, it doesn't make sense. It's like, oh, we had this little kind of beef before. Then we became friends. Now after, now we after we lost the titles, now we kind of got beef again. And it's like, no, just like stop that shit. Just like have them stick together. And then they just be like, yo, I want to do my own thing. All right, I want to do my own thing. Peace. And then that's it. It's over. It's over. And it's like, all right, cool. Like we moved on. Back. That's it. Like you don't have to have beef to break up a tag team. Exactly. Say, say, exactly. Say about the street profits. Whenever that eventually happens, because. Hopefully it doesn't happen now, but it's eventually gonna happen. You know? Yeah, it's it's all gonna it's all gonna be beef. The yeah. only reason I'm gonna like that storyline is because it's already built in the day like they were basically best of friends, but it's already built in that everybody is pushing for Chaz and Angelo's gonna be like, dog, no, fuck that. Like I'm just as good as him. Fuck you. Like yeah. that's like that's the only thing I like about that storyline. This storyline is like we kind of had beef, friends. Now we kind of have beef, and it's like no, just have them be friends, and them just be like, all right, cool, like I'm out, all right, I'm out, and then just that's it, that's it, leave it alone. Like there's no beef with each other. Yeah. So then we had the Dark Order, and they're talking, and then Jose comes in, and Jose's like, Tin, I still want you. It's not over. And Tim says, next week, how about you get Roosh to fight me? And if you win, I'll leave you alone. But if I win, you leave me alone. I'm like, what? Like, I'm not going to lie. That's exactly what he said. I'm like, that is what he said. And it was like, so weird. It's like, what the fuck? Like, that didn't make sense. <laughs> but so, I you got to put respect in the man's name. His name is Jose the Assistant. <laughs> okay. Jose yeah. the Assistant. <laughs> so then we get the return of Stu Grayson. And I know somebody out there is yelling at us like, oh, I thought Stu Grayson was gone. No, Stu Grayson was gone. I don't know if this was just a one-off or like he's actually back in AEW. He mentioned something about Canada and I want to say he's, can- he's also Canadian. Yeah. So like, to me, it was a one-off. Because he put that out. Yeah, because like he literally said himself was like, yeah, I'm done with AEW and then just left. So I don't, I don't know. I don't think he's back. Yeah. So we had the Jericho jerk off society and they come out and they do this basic thing with Daniel Garcia. And the thing about this that I hate is like the sports entertainers versus the wrestlers. And I could kind of see that the fans are now, like, also not into it. Because it's, like, basically the sports entertainers versus wrestler is the WWE versus AEW type thing. And it's, like, bro, like, can you please stop? And the fans are even, like, it doesn't make sense anymore. Like, WWE is tolerable. Like, it's not, it doesn't make sense anymore. Vince isn't there. Like, it's not that bad. 
and that's why it doesn't make sense. And they're just like, no, we're gonna still force feed this dumb angle down your throat. And it's like, but we don't care. Exactly. It's so weird. Daniel Garcia said the only reason he went with Jericho because Jericho made sports entertaining cool or some shit like that. And he was like, okay. So Jericho starts talking shit about being champion. And then here comes Dalton Castle and the boys who are the ROA six-man tag team champions. And Dalton Castle challenges Jericho for the Ring of Honor title next week. Yeah. That's how I can say it. Like, whatever. Jericho ain't losing that shit anytime soon, so... Yeah, and the funny part is, like, Jericho is, like, he's talking about he wants to be former Ring of Honor champions, former Ring of Honor champions, former Ring of Honor champions. It's gonna go till he finds, like, the Ring of Honor champion who beats the living shit out of him. I don't know who that's gonna be, though. Yeah. I, I actually was gonna ask you who you think is gonna be him, so... Yeah, I don't know, because, like, there's a bunch of champions, but also, there's not a bunch of champions that people would pop for. And that's the thing. It has to be somebody that people are gonna pop for. It was him. People people kind of popped for him tonight. Um, yeah. Danielson, but that's already like a dead horse. Only other one probably Punk, but you know, that ain't happening. There's Joe. Like, it's him and Joe. And, you think people like, pop for that? Yeah, no, people are definitely pop for the Joe one because, like, Joe is always over. Oh, okay. Like, the one that I was gonna, like, put out there was, like, Adam Cole, but we don't know when he's coming back, so I can't just be like, oh, no, it's Adam Cole. But it's some, like, it's gotta be somebody of that caliber. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So then we get the full announcement that Tony Storm is gonna take on Karashita next week. And so, okay, so this has been said, and it's been said a couple of times because AEW is going head to head with NXT next week, and they're like, oh, you know, NXT is going to stack the card because they're going to be going head to head with AEW. And it's like, oh, I mean, that kind of makes sense. And then you watch AEW double stack the card with a bunch of title matches, and it's like, Wait, so who really did stack the card against who? Because it's like, you got a couple of main roster people like Raquel Gonzalez is going back to NXT next week. And like, that's a spoiler for later, but whatever. But then on the AEW side, it's like every fucking title is on the line next week on Tuesday. And it's like, well, who's really stacking the card if this is like, if this is the card that it's supposed to be going up against? It's like, who's really stacking the card? I feel like AEW is like in panic mode. It's not that it's in panic mode, but like it's on a different day, one, and it's going up against NXT. And it, and his thing is always like, yo, I want to beat NXT. Like, to be totally honest, he could have put on a garbage fucking show and it was going to beat NXT because NXT's ratings is nowhere as good as fucking AEW. So, like, there was no reason for him to be like, oh, we need to stack the card. Yeah. Like it, it was never in jeopardy of like losing the NXT, and I'm, and if he's panicking because oh, well WWE's hot right now. You're right. The main roster is hot. NXT is gradually growing, and it's not gonna be in a place where it'd be like okay, we have to go head to head. Oh my god, we might lose. There's no loss there. You're not losing against NXT. 
Like you can't even like you can't even like put that in your head and visualize. Oh, I'm gonna lose against NXT, and then you decide to stack the card even further. So it's like, yeah, like this is like overkill to this point. You weren't losing. There was nothing in like there was nothing in jeopardy. You could have put on a fucking garbage show with like one cool match would have beat the doors off of fucking NXT. There was no reason. Like, there's no way that NXT could have stacked the deck and been like, oh, we have these people coming. Ha! There's no way you could have stacked the deck and NXT would be AEW. So, like, there's nothing that you could have did. It's like, AEW's just like, no, we're just gonna go into super overkill mode because, ha, I can't lose to them. And it's like, Dog, you wasn't gonna lose him anyway. Shut the fuck up. Like it wasn't that deep. That's why I say panic mode, cause you know, like it was no reason for all that, you know. Yeah, but I like I just don't get. Like I didn't even get this mental. So then we have Jade Cargill versus Anna JAS, and they're having a match for the kind of TBS title that Nyla stole. So Nyla beats Anna. Then all of a sudden, here comes Jade Cargill to get her title back. And Jade starts beating up the securities. And Nyla Rose does the most cartoony thing. And she sneaks her way past Jade Cargill, beating up the security, and runs what? up the ramp. That what? shit was fucking hilarious. <laughs> I had to do sound effects. That's how it sounded. <laughs> so then we get. Ari Davari, and he's mad at Hook. He's like, Hook, you ripped up $50,000 because I was trying to buy that belt. And it's like, Doug, if you would have said it was money in there, I don't think he would have ripped that up. But like, why didn't you just say that? He thought it was a contract and he ripped it up. All right, that makes sense. Probably would have stole it. He yeah. He wasn't going to get that shit back, but he would not have tore it. I know that much. <laughs> yeah. So then we get Isaiah Cassidy versus um Ego Ethan Page. And if Page wins, he gets Matt Hardy's contract. And of course he wins and gets Matt Hardy's contract. Oh my god, really? Yeah. <laughs> so then we get another match added to Tuesday for Super Overkill, a trios title match. The best friends versus the death triangle. It's like, God, like once again, this is more kill than you need just to beat NXT. It's not that deep. Come on. My God, it's like really weird. It's really weird. So then we get the main event. We get the pinnacle, which is FTR, Sean Spears versus the embassy. Of course, you know that the fucking tag team champions are going to win. And FTR and Sean Spears win. Okay, cool. Bet. Then here we get the return. Well, not return because they were in Ring of Honor. And the kingdom shows up. And it's like, oh, the kingdom's here. And they're like, hey, we were former IWGP tag team champions and Ring of Honor champions. So we want to fight you, FTR. And I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And then they come down to the ring and start beating them up. And then Wardjo comes out. And then I start laughing internally because it's like, dude, I literally kept saying the good guys outnumbered the bad guys. Good guys outnumbered the bad guys. Now it's even. 
Finally. Thank you. I'm glad Tony listened to that part. They could have some type of 10-man tag or something. Oh, no, definitely. It's definitely going to happen. Yeah. So then we go to SmackDown. And the first thing we see is a car accident. Two cars into each other, and Scarlet and Killer Cross are injured. And Drew McEntry comes back and beats the living hell out of Killer Cross. He beats him, he beats him, he beats him. He almost slams his head in the car door. He almost kills him. Oh man, he almost killed this guy. But yeah, that, that's how it started off. Cold opening. Also, the joke is going around, which has been going around for a couple of weeks, that the NXT parking lot has got called up to the main roster. <laughs> so that's a thing. So yeah, like there's some, like Killer Cross is supposed to be in a four way later. I wonder who's going to replace him. <sighs> this thing that WWE did, like, it's very smart, but it's also very fucking annoying. So right after that, they start talking, and then they go, Bray Wyatt, up next. But they go to a match between fucking Kofi Kingston and Sami Zayn. And it's like, bro, you just said that Bray's, like, next. You literally just said Bray's next. What the fuck? Like, what? Okay. All right. (laughs) So, Jay Uso comes out with Sammy. But beforehand, Sammy talks to the tribal chief. The tribal chief tells Jay to to help him. So, in this, like, Jay kind of don't want to help Sammy. He winds up super kicking Xavier. And he's like, okay. So, he gets taken out. So, right at the end... Right when you think that Kofi has Sammy, Jay pushes Kofi back, so Kofi gets pinned, and one, two, three, Sammy wins. That shit was crazy. <laughs> yeah, and after the match, they kind of looked like they were getting along, and they kind of looked like they kind of cared about each other. So, that was a thing. Then we had Triple H and Triple H is going in his office and Ray Mysterio comes up and Ray says hey man listen I can't do this thing with Dominic anymore I don't even think I could be around him listen I want to quit and Triple H does the thing that I never expected him to do he did a Vince McMahon he said oh he's like oh you want to quit why don't you just come in the office and talk to me for a second come on just come on and he's like, no, but I want to. He's like, no, 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 just come on. Just, just come on. Just sit down for a second. And it's like, that is a such a Vince McMahon trope that it's like, how the fuck did you master it? Because that's a Vince thing where Vince, like somebody's like, no, I want to quit. I don't want to be here anymore. They talk to Vince for 10 minutes. They have signed a lifetime contract. Like, fuck. Yeah. So, and so many yeah. people like say that shit. Like Vince kind of like snake charms them. And then all of a sudden they're like, what the hell did I just do? Yes. And now it looks like Triple H has the magic touch. Yeah. So then we get Roxanne Perez backstage. And she's talking to Shotzi and Raquel. And she tells Raquel, I want you to face Cora Jade next week. Like I said, it's not a needle mover. No one's going to panic. So Bailey and the rest of Damage Control is like, you know what? 
I wanted to be the person you picked. And she's like, nah, it's not you. And, and then Bailey was like, all right, six men later, three of you versus three of us. Bet. So, yeah, so then we get Braun Strowman being of two local talent and almost comes out and almost walks down to the ring in a suit that I didn't know that they had for him. A suit that covered him and he walks out and with M- MVP and he basically said, yo, yo, you're not the only monster. I'm going to fuck you up one day. All right, cool. So then we get a backstage with Sammy, Solo, and Jay Uso. And they're having a little backstage back and forth and you know, Jay's a little angry, but but Sammy's like, no, I'm going to save this. So then we get maximum male models. Listen, I will say this all the time. I see her. Maxine Dupree is way too hot to be. Way too hot. She's just smoking. So they come down to the ring. The funny part is, even on commentary, they're still playing up the part that LA Knight is her brother. But he just had a change of heart and now he's back to LA Knight. It's like, what? I'll I'll go with it. I'll go with it. I'll go with it. Like, he's technically still Max, but this is like his alter ego, I guess? Yes. So, LA Knight winds up beating Mansoor. And he beats Mansoor, and then he cuts a promo. And it's like, okay, you're going to cut a promo, and you're going to be all nice guy. He totally goes full-on heel in this promo. And it's like, what the fuck is happening? Like, I thought you were going to be, like, a good guy. Yeah, I even said it, like, you had potential to be a great good guy. Probably going to be an awesome bad guy, but you had potential to be a great good guy. Yeah, so then, once again, Bray Wyatt, up next. Okay, cool. Yeah, Bray Wyatt, up next. No, we're just going to show you a commercial about Bray Wyatt being up next. Also, Bray Wyatt is going to be up next. Okay, cool. Right. Oh, but we're going to have Damage Control versus Shotzi, Roxanne, and... Like, what? Like, what is, what is happening? Like, this is what's getting irritated. Because, like, this is halfway through the show. They're still promoting Bray is up next. So, they had this match. Roxanne looks like she should be ready for the main roster. She gets pinned by Bailey, and Bailey laughed about it. It's like, okay, yeah, like she should like come up soon. I don't think she's gonna be immediately, but like she she'll be up soon. Yeah, I agree. So then we got a backstage another thing for the Viking Raiders coming back. So then we get a little Gato Dem Fantasma versus Hit Row. So the the match starts and Santos and Zelina just decide, no, we're not going out there with you. Just you two go out. Yeah, we got this. Santos comes out, fucks up Ashanti Diodonis while he's not paying attention and rolls under the ring. And then Zelina fucks up um, BFAB. And so, of course, Legato del Fantasma wins. But it's like, bro, like, y'all super cheated. It is, like, super awesome. And it was, like, one of the best cheats where it's, like, 
it's one of those Eddie lied, cheated, still type things where he just yeah. came out of nowhere, fucked him up, and when everybody turned around, he was already under the ring. No one saw him. And it's like, dude, he embodies the spirit of Eddie. He's it. He's it. Like, I even was going to ask you, where the fuck did he go? I didn't notice he went under the ring. Yeah, see? He's it. He has everything. Once he starts going on his own, it's the sky's the limit for this guy. Yeah. So then we get a backstage where Sonya Deville is getting interviewed by Kayla Braxton. And sick Liv Mondo comes out of nowhere and beats the living shit out of Sonya Deville. Just starts fucking her up, smiling as she's just beating her up. Her makeup is a little weird. She's just beating her the fuck up and just fucking her up. And all of a sudden, Liv just sees the table and just starts smashing Sonya into the table. She puts Sonya in the table and she climbs off this high scalpel and jumps on fucking Sonya Deville through the table. And it's like, I I enjoy this Liv. I enjoy this Liv. Crazy live is where that right now. Yes, sick live Mondo. Yes, I I am totally here for it. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who totally didn't get that reference. Like, I have no idea why you said that, but like, yeah, that's gonna be a name. But yeah, no. There's a re- <laughs> there's a reference in there. If you don't know, you don't know. But it's fine. So then we get to the four-way, and it's Ricochet versus Sheamus versus Solo Sokoa. And then they say, hey, Karrion Cross can't show up. And the funny part about this, this match was already announced. Go ahead. <laughs> it, it was already announced, but it's Rey Mysterio shows up and Rey Mysterio wins the match. And Rey Mysterio is now number one contender. So, mm. That's the thing. <laughs> then we get Bray Wyatt. Actual Bray Wyatt. Human Bray Wyatt. Telling us he loves us. And we inspired him. We saved him. We kept him strong. We are the reasons he's here. He started crying because he lost friends. He lost family. He lost his career. He lost everything. He lost so much and we kept him going. And I, he gets cut off by his other version of himself that said some shit and then like the screen just goes black and it's just like what? <laughs> it was very weird. Correct very me if I'm wrong. They didn't even have the thing in the bottom that like the little promo thing they end the show. They did but it was before it went to black. It was like oh, what okay. the fuck? So yeah. Bray Wyatt is multiple people multiple things but we got to see the real Bray Wyatt for months and he cried. <laughs> think we'll see this one again? Oh, yeah, we'll definitely see this again because we're going to see him again and we're going to also see the other version of him and the other versions of him. We're going to see multiple versions of him. This is going to be a long-running thing and it's going to be crazy. Awesome. It's six of them and it's going to go all the way through ah. WrestleMania. It's six versions of Wyatt. It'll be going through WrestleMania. There's nothing no one can do. It's a long story that we're going to have to try to figure out what's going on. That's it. That's awesome in my opinion. <laughs> yes. So that's the end of this episode. Any last words? 
No, you just made like baffled me with that Bray Wyatt thing. So I'll leave with that. I'm baffled. 